Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people... It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball. From Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. The Three and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook, very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is up, everybody? John Middlecoff. Little three and out podcast. Uh, little Middlecoff mailbag, actually. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs. At John Middlecoff, just my name. We do Middlecoff mailbag every Sunday. Uh, basically, just answer your questions here on the show. A little, little Sunday, little teaser, little, uh, little space filler between the Sunday morning games. I guess for some of you guys on the East Coast, games are start till one. I always thought that was weird when I, when I lived in Philly. Monday night football didn't start till 8.30. Sunday night football didn't start till late. It's like, God, I'm tired. Uh, I, I like games starting bright and early, like this morning, 9 o'clock, watching Michigan right now. Uh, listen, they're not playing anybody, but this quarterback they got, J.J. McCarthy, the young kid, he looks pretty good. I mean, Harbaugh has not had a quarterback at Michigan with a good arm. I mean, they made the playoffs last year 
with the quarterback they had, who's now the backup, his arm's average. All the guys he's had have had average arms. Now, I, I wouldn't say this guy is Josh Allen, but he's got a pretty big arm and he can move. They, they look pretty good. Again, no, they're playing nobody. And recording this well before the USC Fresno State game, all I got to say is go dogs. I, uh, I'm heavily rooting for them, and I also have a lot of money on them. I need them to cover points. Uh, the line opened up at 16. I got it at like 11. Also might have sprinkled a little on the money line. Uh, but, but but big day of gambling. I, I actually have the Panthers today. I have the Panthers as my big play, actually. And if I win the Panthers game, I'm going to put an obscene amount of money on Green Bay Packers at night because I think they are going to kill the Bears. Kill the Bears on Sunday Night Football. Um, so, yeah. I think the Packers get right. But let's get to your middle cough mailbags. Uh, if you listen on Collins' feed, make sure you subscribe to 3 and Out feed if you like what we're doing here. I appreciate it. We'll start with uh, Bo. Bo, greetings from Montana. Listeners don't move here. It's full. <laughs> no housing. I've been listening since you first joined the Herd Network a few years back and gave me some good ammo to debate. My question is, has NIL allowed top-level FCS to level up to lower FBS teams? North Dakota State, not included there, has been more and more upsets every year. Bozeman, Missoula, Pierre, and all the other rapidly growing communities or metropolises that have FCS schools are impacted by primarily well-off individuals moving to these areas. I know Bozeman is unrecognizable since I graduated eight years ago, and out of the area, money is next level. What are your thoughts? Hope all is well. Well, yeah, I mean, I think over time, society, we gravitate toward different areas. Uh, obviously, the coasts, right? Historically, the most money has been like New York or California, but it doesn't really matter because the best quote-unquote football programs don't play in those states. I guess USC has had a moment, but it, the most, I mean, Alabama's in Tuscaloosa. Ohio State's in Columbus. I, I think the, I, I would say the, the parity in college football has way more to do with the transfer portal. I mean, you watch Appalachian State. I mean, they're going to have a bunch of SEC guys. Uh, you watch the mid-majors, San Diego State, Fresno State, Cincinnati. They can get guys immediately that transfer from Ole Miss or Iowa, right? And you can do it like that. And even the mid-tier teams in the Power Five, like Oregon State or Ole Miss, for example, can, like Ole Miss needed a quarterback. What did they do? They get USC's quarterback, Jackson Dart. Boom, he's our starting quarterback. Right, Pittsburgh needs a needs a quarterback. What do they do? They get Keaton Slovis. Now it's it's the quarterbacks are the most famous, but it happens all the time. You can get immediate start. I think Utah, their starting middle linebacker is from Florida. You would say historically Utah is not like they shouldn't be truly competing with the big dogs, but they can because of the transfer portal more than the money. The money to me impacts the high high end. The money has the biggest impact on the national championships. Right, Georgia, Bama, LSU, A&M, Ohio State, Michigan, USC, Texas, teams spending an ungodly amount of money. They're basically competing free agency to try to win the national championship. But on the whole, in college football, teams that just can compete on a weekly basis or have upset potential has more to do with the transfers, I believe. Now, the money, because ultimately, like, for example, Montana, I have a lot of respect for that program. I went to a game there once. It was awesome. It's a great venue. But if Montana is willing to pay, let's just pick a huge number. Let's say a million dollars. And I can get a million dollars from Montana, or I can get like 800 grand if I go to USC. 
I'm probably still going to go to USC, right? Or Ohio State or Michigan or Texas or whatever. And I wonder if it'll ever pencil for a school like even Fresno, like the mid-tiers, to give that amount of money. Because unlike college basketball, one player in college football doesn't guarantee you anything. Now, if I put the equivalent of like Reggie Bush on Montana, you guys would win. I'm sure the, you know, the Division One AA National Championship, but it wouldn't, what, does it really change that much? I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm crazy. Love the show. With Herb Street still doing NCAA and adding the NFL with Prime Gig, do you think he will get offers eventually at some sort of GM spot? He sees all these players on Saturday and is now dipping in the NFL family. I think it would be there if he wanted it, just not sure if he would take it or if that's what he's shooting for. He's still a young guy, so maybe he waits for the right team and money. Thoughts? Well, I would imagine Kirk Herbstreet, with his job at ESPN and now Amazon, let's just pick a number. Let's say ESPN's paying him 6 or $7 million. Amazon's paying him another five. He's over $10 million a year, and there's a chance I'm low. There is not a general manager in the NFL that makes $10 million a year, not counting the coaches that are GMs. Like Joe Douglas is one of the highest paid GMs. He makes like $5 million. John Lynch is probably the highest paid GM just because he had Amazon coming at him. Probably makes like seven. So you make way more money during what Kirk Herbstreit does. And you like it's all in your control. To me, I think Herbstreit would be insane. Not that he, I, I don't think he would get offered, but let's just say in your hypothetical world, he did. I don't think no one makes that as type of money. And he makes way more money and has a better life. Do you see him on Amazon? He had, he had a sunglass tan. Do you know where you get sunglass tans? Playing golf on Wednesdays. <laughs> you know, on, on Mondays. You know who doesn't play golf on Wednesdays in September? NFL GMs. You know who doesn't get to play a lot of golf year-round? NFL GMs. You know who doesn't get to go outside a lot year-round? NFL GMs. Why? They're working. So I, I would say if I was Kirk Street, never leave. Michigan is just killing them. This J.J. McCarthy looks sweet. Uh, longtime listener, first time DMer. I actually had to dust off the old IG, having not used it for the last seven years. Wow, <laughs> the hell do you do all day? Anyways, you've won me over with your takes on coaches that come from quarterback uh, coordinator ranks should call plays. What are your thoughts on Dayball luring over Mike Kafka from the Chiefs with the likely promise he would get to call plays? Feels like there was a snowball's chance in hell of him coming over without that being explicitly promised. Might be the one instance where I could see an exception being right. Pains me as a Jets fan saying this about the Giants, but here we are. Well, I would probably agree that if he wanted Mike Kafka, why would Matt Kafka leave being Andy's right-hand guy uh, You know, to go to a place where he's basically doing the same thing? Like, would you rather coach Patrick Mahomes and not call plays, or would you rather call coach Daniel Jones and not call plays? I, I think it's a pretty no-brainer. My only question mark there is, you know, when I hire Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, and LaFleur, I obviously want them to have a really good coach, but the quarterback in the offense is them. Like, it's their baby. So I, I don't quite understand why Dayball wouldn't want to call plays. Now, if you're a Giants fan, maybe he has spoken about this. I mean, I don't watch Brian Dayball press conferences. It just seems a little weird to me. Now, I would imagine he has a massive, massive role on the game planning, on the design of the offense, and the coaching of the offense. But still, like I, I thought they were hiring Brian Dayball to call the plays, and I know it worked. I, I'm I actually bet against them 
Yeah, I guess the Panthers are playing them. That's my lock of the week. Panthers against the Giants. You opened up pod rightly talking about quarterbacks Thursday night and toughness. I find it that fascinating. All NFL badasses I only see from afar, they go mano a mano and F people up. 90% of toughness from quarterback position is about being able to take all the abuse and still lead a billion-dollar company. Thoughts? I hit send too soon. Point was, quarterback's toughness is judged in a way nobody else is, so it's damn sure important to figure out the tough ones when it all goes down because they always have to, they don't uh, always have a don't hit me jersey on their lives for their entire playing lives. That, I've never really thought about it like that. We judge all these people, right? A linebacker, how hard he hits. A defensive lineman, how violent he is. An offensive lineman, how strong and violent he is. A running back, how hard he finishes runs. A sweet tight end, breaking tackles. But a quarterback, all they do is like we judge their toughness on how many hits they can take. And as of recording this, I think Herbert's day-to-day with like rib cartilage. He's clearly a tough MFer. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But so, I would say historically, most of the best quarterbacks are tough. Now, on the tough, on the highest toughness scale, is like Brett Favre. But you would say Manning's tough, Brady's tough, Breeze is tough, Roethlisberger was tough as shit. Eli, I'll never forget Eli in the NFC Championship against the 49ers, Harbaugh's first year. Took an absolute pounding and kept getting up. Kept getting up. Kept getting up. It was a clinic on the toughness scale in which it takes to be win at the highest level in the National Football League. It's just it's just an area we don't talk about that much. Like, how many touchdowns he has? How strong is his arm? How good is his vision? How accurate is he? Like, can this guy take hits constantly from Aaron Donald? Can this guy get shoved on the ground every single play by Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa and get up? Most of us could not. You know why? Because it hurts a lot. It's why, listen, I think this guy is a fantastic player. He really is. He is. He's one of the better college quarterbacks we've seen in a long time. Bryce Young. He is every bit as good as most of the guys over the last like 20 years. He's like 5'10", a buck 75. I mean, that's pretty small. Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett could pick him up and sh- throw him like 20 yards. <laughs> now, maybe they couldn't catch him. I mean, I, I don't think he's that fast. But that, that to me, he's the best quarterback prospect in terms of just his game. My question is the size, which he's tiny. He really is small. And that's going to be a talking point. You watch when the season ends, if they make the playoffs, if they go to the national championship, but like the combine, no matter how many touchdowns he throws, no matter how many sweet plays he makes, he could beat Georgia this year in the Natty and the SEC championship. And it's it's going to be a conversation that's not going to go away. I know you aren't trying to disrespect Burrow, But how can you go on a monologue about tough young star quarterbacks and not mention him? His toughness literally carried the Bengals. Love the pod. Thanks for answering. Sometimes, and I don't mean to do this, I just omit Burrow. Not because I don't value Joe Burrow. I think he's a star. And I'm with you. His toughness is elite. Part of it is when you play for the Bengals, I'm sorry, I forget about you. I know you made the Super Bowl last year, but kind of a forgettable franchise for most of us. Outside that, you know, the... That area. I have nothing but respect and think he's sweet. But complete honesty, I just forget about the Bengals and him all the time. I didn't forget about him when he played at LSU. You guys, and it's not fair because you made the Super Bowl, but your brand recognition in my head, 
right? It's just, it's just not the same. So I don't mean to leave them out, and I often do, not because I'm trying to, but because the Bengals are just kind of a forgettable franchise. Now, he might change that. At one point in time, Seattle was too. And Russell Wilson kind of changed that. I'm a big fan of the show. I like your point on how Russ Wilson's coordinators always get fired. I just wanted to point out, so did Stafford's. Joe Lombardi has been a great play caller with the Chargers, but the Lions, he was fired along with everyone's coordinator, Matt Stafford, had in 13 years. Well, yeah, I would say this. The difference between the Lions and Seattle is Seattle has had the same head coach, and they have consistently gone to the playoffs. They won 10-plus games 8 of 10 years. Matt Stafford had three winning seasons. Most of the times, they were losing. So when you lose in football, you get fired. College, pro. Now, I'm not, I understand what you're saying, but Matt Stafford played for the Lions, and they mainly were just not that good. Russell Wilson, all they did was have success. What coordinators consistently get fired after you win? If Matt Stafford has won as much as Russell Wilson, Lombardi or whoever would have been his OC, Jim Bob Cooter, would have got a head coaching job. That, that's my point. It, it's You lose, like, you know, a lot of quarterbacks that have lost, their coordinators get fired. It's just the way it goes. But you win, you have success. That, that, that's the one I don't really see. Football season is underway. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up using the promo code COLIN. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. You can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Get paid your winnings fast. So sign up today with promo code Colin for your no-sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat, Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 New York, Tennessee Red Line 1-800-888-9789 Tennessee 1-800-522-4700 Wyoming Visit www.1800gambler.net West Virginia If you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris that you won't want to miss Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, 
You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hey, John, Commanders fan here. Not trying to be biased. Commanders have great offensive weapons. Is their offense not similar in talent to Philly? Philly O-line may be better than Washington, but Washington is a top 12 O-line in the league. Does Wentz coming back after throwing two picks to win the game show he might have the confidence in this coaching staff? Is Wentz arguably better than Hurts? Ooh, it's getting good. Philly just gave up 32 points to the Lions. Actually, they gave up 35. Washington's defense isn't amazing by any stretch, but has the talent and potential, especially with Chase Young returning in Week 5. I'd say both defenses are close in talent. Rivera is a better coach than Sirianni. Why are the Eagles being looked at like a top 8-10 to 10 team in the NFL and the Commanders getting no talk? I think there's a decent chance that we win the division. That they win the division. You didn't say we. Call me out if I sound crazy. I talked to a buddy in the NFL that thought easily the Commanders are the second best team in the division and they're going to compete for a wild card spot. Now, he picking the Eagles to make it. Now, the Eagles need to button some stuff up. They got a big game Sunday. But yeah, I, I think the Giants are not going to be very good. The Cowboys are done. Stick a fork at them. Like, it's over. That thumb broke, so did their season. And, and clearly, even when Dak was healthy, they look terrible. Like, they're, they're not very good. The Commanders, if they're going to get good Wentz, if Wentz is going to throw 40 touchdowns this year, yes, they can compete to win the division. 
They have more offensive firepower than the Colts did last year. That's for sure. So, yes, I, I, I don't think you're crazy. Here's the thing. Wentz might be a weird cat, and people in the locker room don't like him for whatever reason, but his talent is immense. He has an infinitely better arm than Jalen Hurts. Like, I watch Jalen Hurts, and I'm coming around on Jalen. He was pretty good against the Lions. He is an elite runner of the football for a guy that doesn't have, like, Lamar or Kyler speed. He actually, him and AJ have a great connection. He does miss a lot of random easy throws. He's not Mr. Pinpoint Accuracy on the on the easy stuff. That's the one thing that kind of, you know, is not ideal. I, I wish he'd be a little more accurate on the basic stuff. So if, if he's got to keep improving for them to win the division for sure. I, I do think the Eagles, ha- they have a better team than you guys, but your quarterback can definitely play better than Jalen when he's on. And he made some throws last game. They were really impressive. Stumbled across your pod because I can't get enough of Colin interviewing Dave Wanstead. And saw your pod, and now I look forward to your content. <clears throat> the instant reaction to Monday Night Football was money. Best bets was great. Now that it is legal at the indie casinos here, I'm loving it. We'll note your opinions when making bets. Again, thanks for the big big fan of all the content. Well, I appreciate it. wasn't even a question. I love gambling. I, I, I really do. I really do. God. There's nothing more fun than gambling on football. Been listening to you for about a year. However, I could not disagree more, I love this, with your take on Herb Street. I thought Michaels and Herb Street were an amazing combo, and I can't wait to watch the next game, even though they can still improve on their chemistry. That had me thinking, what is your personal favorite NFL broadcast? Here's the thing with Herb Street. Al Michaels is a way bigger star than Kirk, and Kirk's big, but Al Michaels is one of the biggest stars in the history of sports television. You know, he's probably on the Mount Rushmore, right? Marv Albert, John Madden, <laughs> Al Michaels. I mean, it's Musburger. I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a short look. Cosell, a little before my time, but it's he'd be right there. And Collinsworth, say what you want about him. Th- there was like a swag to Chris. And when he sat next to Al, it, it just felt different. Now, I understand it's their first game. But I part of it is Herbstreit's not a, an NFL guy. So when I hear his voice... And I close my eyes, I think of like Pete Carroll or Nick Saban or Urban Meyer or Chip Kelly. I think college football, Kirby Smart, you know, Lincoln Riley. I think college football. I know Pete Carroll's an NFL guy now, but you know what I mean. He used to call a lot of USC games. And I, I just, he's not, I, I like Kirk Herbstreit. I, I would like to hang out with him, drink some beers, play golf. I think he lives in Nashville. Great place. Love it. Want to move there one day, maybe. Maybe second home, but uh, cool place. I just, I don't, there's something lacking to me that there really was. I thought the pregame, I understand why Tony Gonzalez is on it. His ex-wife or girlfriend is literally dating Jeff Bezos. A little weird, but uh, it, it works. I don't I don't blame you know him getting involved if he's buddies with Bezos. He's not needed on that. To me, I would just have Carissa, Fitzpatrick, uh, I guess Whitworth comes in and out, and Sherman. Like Tony Gonzalez, like I'm sorry, I don't, I don't think he brings anything to the table, <laughs> you know. I, I would have, and I said this from the beginning, just gone all in with a new, fresh guy with Al. Now it might have been tough. Like Herb Street is a pro; he's been doing it for 20 plus years. But I would have just gone with like Richard Sherman next to Al, or Ryan Fitzpatrick next to Al, and risked it that way, because I there's just something off with Herb Street when it comes to the NFL, and when I say off, it just doesn't feel right to me. I'm not disputing that he doesn't know what he's doing or he can't like study the players. 
But when Al's like, what do you think of Arrowhead? What do you think of Arrowhead? You know, in the NFL, Arrowhead is like the equivalent of Bryant-Denny Stadium or the Big House in Michigan. Like, it's a stalwart. Every If you call big games, you call big games Arrowhead. <laughs> it's like, what do you think of Lambeau? You wouldn't say, what do you think of Lam-? You wouldn't say, like, you know, Penn State at night's pretty crazy. Well, yeah, most... You know, it's something a lot of college football people have done. Herb Street's done it a million times. But if you ask Joe Buck and Troy Aikman what's Penn State like at night, they wouldn't know. And it would sound weird if they were doing it. Even though if they had to do it, they could pretty easily. They would probably be my favorite crew. I mean, my favorite crew of all time would involve John Madden. Uh, but but I like just Buck and Aikman. I just like something that you're just, you kind of know what you're doing and just kind of get out of the way. And, and let me just consume. That that was my issue with Monday Night Football for years, like Booger and Witten. It's like, you guys are ruining the game. And if you're listening to this and your team's not good, and sometimes you get like the C&D crews, and you're just like, God, this is terrible. This I, I just want to watch the football game and not even notice the announcers. But when the announcers are bad, honestly, when the announcers are good, you don't really notice them. And that's good. You just want to take in the game. When they're bad, sometimes they can ruin the experience. And as a consumer, we just want to enjoy the game. Whether we're gambling on it, whether we're rooting for our team, whatever. When, when, when the announcers suck in any sport, the NBA is terrible. I'm like, oh my God. Rolling out Weber and Reggie Miller. It's, they're the worst. But the NFL has some bad crews too. The, the NFL definitely has some bad crews. So I, I can't give them a pass. But TNT has, for the NBA, holy, bad. Weber was pretty bad. I guess they fired him. Okay, I'll answer a couple more. Watching Field struggle, struggle, wonder your take on why Blue Blood football powerhouse Ohio State has yet to produce even a so-so NFL caliber backup quarterback. Even Burrow is struggling today. Well, I mean, Burrow... Well, one, Ohio State doesn't get to claim Burrow. Ur- Urban Meyer wouldn't play him. You know, so it's like Ohio State doesn't get to claim Joe Burrow. And Fields, like, I- I'm sorry, I- I'm not... You can't say, you just, you don't know. I, I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. If you think about it, like a lot of the quarterbacks throughout, think about the top five quarterbacks in the NFL, right? Brady obviously went to Michigan, but Rodgers went to Cal, JC guy. Josh Allen, Wyoming. Mahomes, Texas Tech. Herbert, Oregon, but he grew up in Eugene, so it wasn't like, he was not some big recruit. Uh, Kyler was a massive recruit. Lamar went to Louisville. Uh, who am I missing? Obviously, Stafford was a big-time guy, went to Georgia. You know, Matt Ryan, Boston College, uh, Wentz, North Dakota State, Cousins, Michigan State, Dak, Mississippi State. You don't, like, you don't have to go to a big powerhouse to be a good NFL quarterback, historically. I think John Elway, like, his best season at Stanford, they were like 6-6. Six and six. As a Notre Dame fan and Bears fan, I could use some talk me off the ledge. My question about Justin Fields, what are some things you look to see if he's the guy. Doesn't have many weapons and his line is terrible. I think it's really hard to judge him. You know, I mean, I he made some bad throws in the game they won. Like he made those two incredible plays that led to touchdowns. But on some basic stuff, he just makes you scratch your head. But like you said, the receivers stink. Their offensive line is putrid. So Sunday night's just a good test. Can he just play solid? Can he just make basic plays? We know he can do the miraculous stuff, right? Scramble left and right, throw across his body 50 yards. He can haul ass. He's got a big arm. No one questions the talent. His talent is elite. To me, it's just like, can you just hit the slant route when you have to on third and six? 
Can you hit the big out route on second and 10? Like to me, it's that type of stuff. Can you like look off the safety and hit a guy down the seam? Because we know he can make the the blue chip, drop your mouth, play that he made to Dante Pettis against the 49ers, right? Scrambling left, throws all the way across his body. No one would argue that. Okay, last one. Expect a full apology after the Bears game. I've listened to your uninformed take on the Bears all offseason. Maybe watch or listen. The tape never lies. To get the truth about the Bears since you have no good info on them. Lance versus Fields is a joke. Not even close. You shall see today. Again, hope you are a man enough to say when you were dead wrong about something. And these are old. I did. Okay, have a good weekend. At John Middlecoff Instagram. Fire in those DMs. Enjoy football. I will talk to you guys. See you guys on YouTube. Talk to you guys on the podcast on uh, on Monday morning. Peace. Later. <laughs>
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.